0: okay I'm now live what day is it in Australia what day is it here today is Tuesday okay so it's Wednesday morning in Australia I should probably know that Um, I'm going to wait for some people to jump on before I really start talking I know it's 6.17 in the morning uh, so I'm not expecting a lot but I'll give it a little bit of time Um, wow I don't know if anyone's seen the reel I just put up with Brandon Stark uh, but if you haven't, it is it is probably the best interview I've I've ever done, I think. Um, it was really emotional, and he's a beautiful man. That's all I'll say. I would recommend watching it. Um, day number four in the books. Uh, another short day. Obviously, only evening session today. Uh, but, you know, a lot of Aussie firepower on display. There were heats. There were finals. There was a little bit of everything going on. It, was, it kicked off with the women's 100-meter hurdles. Uh you know, we have a really strong Hurdling fraternity What's up Joey boy? You're about to get a mention in here big fella uh, We have a really strong Women's hurdling fraternity uh, And I reckon that's really highlighted By Hannah Jones Making a debut at 27 It's a pretty great story Took some time away from the sport In her early 20s Was quite good as a junior I think maybe even made a junior Oz team somewhere in there um, And it's just been you know, grinding away and working at it and, you know, ran 13-8 this year, was wind-assisted but still, like, really just jumped up from that 13-9 that she'd run two years ago um, and, you know, she was in the fastest heat. I think she said five of the eight returning finalists were in her heat or something which is crazy. I don't know how they seeded that but, um, you know, went out in the middle of the stick, she was in lane number five and um, copped a brutal knock on the hurdle, um, Jesus, at hurdle number three and, you know, showed composure and, and really, You know, found her feet again and and made it through. And thirteen oh five is a great first round result. It's just that women's hurdling is off its head at the moment. It's so fast. The winner of her heat, for example, ran twelve two four. So I'm pretty sure fourth in her heat would have won most heats. Put it that way. Um, So you know, it was almost a baptism of fire for Hannah. But again, she's just someone, and it's happened twice there because Riley McGowan is also twenty seven, making his debut today. just the appreciation of, of the grind like those two athletes to me and those stories sometimes do more for athletics because I'm 27 right and I like gave up the sport four years ago and to see them at 27 still committing still grinding through those mid 20s which you know anybody who's gone through them knows are just pivotal years in everything else outside of life um, to stay focused and to stay locked in and committed and to do something like that I have nothing but respect for it so Hannah doesn't get through to the semis but you know she'll be back She'll be back in a World Champs and hopefully back in an Olympics as well, I have no doubt. Um, as for our other two, you know, this is the third time they've come to a World Champs together, Celeste Mucci and uh, Michelle Jenneke. They're pretty much just a tandem duo at the moment. Um, you know, Celeste gets a big Q, doesn't have to wait for the little Q this time around. She gets through. Um, she was fourth in her heat, you know, runs twelve nine. 9 Looked really good again. Another one who hit a hurdle pretty early but managed to recover and recoup and... You know, I think that's just a little bit of championship experience now for Celeste as well. Like, she's, you come to expect that um, she's not a veteran, of course, I'm not saying that, but she's a seasoned campaigner in terms of getting to majors. So I think that expo, like exposure to previous world champs really showed through, and Celeste was able to go through and go through to a semi with a big Q. So she was stoked. Um, again, another one of my favorite people to interview. Um, but, yeah, she was wrapped, and then Michelle Jenneke, if you want any sign of how fit Michelle Jenneke is, I mean, her summer's been really good. There's been some races that have been a lull, but naturally in athletics, you're not going to be peaking at all times. Uh, and But I'll tell you what, to hit your stride in, a, in the heats of the world champs is exactly what you want to do. And a fifth world championship, a so fifth semifinals, underrated stat. Uh, 1271 gets an Olympic qualifier. Gets under by 0.06. So, um, you know, she seemed locked in. Like if you watch the interview, she's ready to go. Like she's not here to just be in her fifth semi-final. She's here to do something pretty remarkable. Um, and you know, lead this new brigade of women's hurdling. Like I mean, I said that to her in the interview. I'm like, it's got to be pretty cool to be at the helm of. Uh, you know, female hurdling at the moment in the country. And it was something that she really took on board. And, um, you know, she's paving the way. She's she's creating a space for these female hurdlers to belong on the world stage. And Celeste is now picking up the running. So, too, is um, Hannah. And, obviously, Liz Clay is back home. She was here last year. Unfortunately, you know, copped a pretty nasty injury last year. But um, she's bounced back. She came over to Europe and raced, I think, twice Um so you know, there's there's stacks of talent in this women's team. You can only take three, so I think this push to Paris next year is going to be pretty entertaining in that field. So we get two through, um, you know, the semi-finals to come. Hopefully, we can have two in the finals, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. As I said, it's a hotly contested event, and you know, our men's 800, they were up next, and I'll tell you what, I've got the fever. I've got the fever. I've had it for a while. I've had it for a while. He couldn't run last year, Joey Deng. He was injured. He was in Eugene. He was there, but he could not run. And I think, you know, he burst onto the scene in that Com Games, and he has just been working and working and working. He's copped a few injuries here and there. He's, uh, you know, hasn't been at a world major in a senior team. This is his first one he's been able to compete in, and he just fucking ran the lights out of the joint. Like It, it looked like he literally didn't even shift out of first gear. He looked, he looked like he was on a Sunday jog with his mates just looking left and right and seeing that he was one of the first to finish it. Like, he got boxed. He said that like he was trapped in and then just, you know, you know what I loved about Joey's interview? He said he was too polite during the Diamond League and he'll drop elbows in a world champs. And that's exactly what you got to do. Like, not that, not that I would know. I've never been in one, but you've got to have a bit of mongrel in you. Like, there's nothing polite about this. This is for world titles. This is for world medals on the line. Um, you know, Fuck being polite. You get out there and do what you need to do to get through And he did exactly that. Without being ridiculous, obviously. Like, don't want that to get twisted. You know, don't pull people's arms and do something stupid. But, you know, assert yourself. Be confident. And that's exactly what he was. So, um, I wasn't shocked to see Joe go through. You know, he'd been putting in pretty good work in Morocco, I believe. And um, he obviously set the national record this year. So, I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. Um, Riley McGowan, who I just mentioned, in the same breath as Hannah Jones, 27-year-old debutantes. Um, You know, Riley picked up the sport at 21. He was, I think, playing soccer, and then he's just been working and working and working. He was hoping, made his first, this is a great story for people, actually. Last year, he made his first national final at 26 in the 800. He said he came back in December, and he went, all right, how can we get a medal at nationals? That was his goal for 2023. Not only did he medal, he won. Then he went over to Europe, and he booked flights home for prior to the, the like the closing date of the qualifying times he qualifies, he goes all the way through now to August and he's at the world champs, like he threw absolutely everything at it and I think sometimes the time doesn't tell the story of actually what's been happening, like this is a guy who thought his season would be done in Australia, then he gets to Europe and he thought his season would be done in Europe and he keeps on going and Europe's amazing, no one's ever saying that being in Europe and, and doing this European tour is not amazing, but it is Quite tiring by the time you get to the end of it. So, for him to be able to front up, throw everything at it in that heat, I, well, I mean, it won't shock anyone. I had enormous respect for it. And, you know, he's got a green and gold jersey, and it's not going to be his last one. You know, he, Hungry Dogs Run Faster, he's ready to go now. So, um, Riley doesn't progress, um, but a hell of a performance, I believe, in the heat. Now, Pete Bowl. Um just, just didn't quite look like he had the pop in his legs in that last 200. Um, you know, it was a tough heat. It's it's pretty warm out there. Um, and, and I don't know what the last few weeks maybe have looked like for Pete, but, you know, you can't be on all the time. You, you can't be um, at your best. And it just looked like he, he sort of ran out of real estate, ran out of legs in that last 100 meters. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you're just not going to you're not going to win a race, and that's fine. And And he seemed okay. Like, I didn't speak to him after the race, but, you know, he seemed okay, and, you know, he's got a great corner behind him in JR and JT and, um, you know, his training crew there with Joe and, and everybody alike. Um, Brad Mathis, who was out there tonight, he just missed the final, but Pete will be fine. He'll bounce back. So he doesn't go through. It's not a major catastrophe. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what gets written about it, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, look, moving on, again, the finals, i gets a Brandon last, but Jess Hull, she equals her best at a world champs, at a major, in fact, in seventh, um, which again, I think you look at it on paper and you're like, oh, you know, it's the same result as last year, what's changed? But 2023 um, has been the year of women's distance and well, just women's athletics. Um, and Jess Hull's been at the helm of it. Like it's a big transition, keep in mind. Like she's gone from that Pete Julian training squad over in, america which is like the pinnacle of distance running a lot of people start questioning why would you come back you know she's coached by her dad she's got her old training partners around her she's back in sydney she seems happier and more content in the way that she's going about her business and i think that shows i think it shows in the interview as well and it shows in her racing style like i'm not kidding the race started i blinked and they were at the 100 and jess was trailing out the back if you watch the race she's out the back and i'm thinking fucking hell what's going on here but it was maturity like by the time they rolled around the 200 250. she'd worked her way up on the shoulder. She let the, the race come to her. And, uh, you know, she had to run it on the outside of lane number one, um, which she was happy with. And it sounded like that was, I guess, part of the plan. But, um, yeah, incredible performance. I know she would have wanted more. Like, I know in, any athlete wants a little bit more if they haven't got a medal or a PB. But, um, you know, she was stoked with it. Her positivity was radiant. And, yeah, I, I love seeing stuff like that after the race. Like, I never think my job is hard to ask questions sometimes it well I mean in Brandon's case it was a little bit hard um, but you know it's always ai don't know it, it, it feels special to me when I can just have a chat it doesn't feel like an interview it just feels like two mates talking men and women like and it's its a beautiful thing so I feel really privileged to do that and um, yeah Jess was awesome to talk to I think she's sick of. I, she's got to be sick of seeing me by now I literally have interviewed Jess I reckon from the back end of last year all the way through to this year I've commentated her races I've been at run the tan I've been everywhere with Jess it feels like we've done the European summer together and this year together but um, yeah no she was awesome in that final I'd recommend watching it back if you can and then Brandon I mean I've never met Brandon before this year I've seen him at four meets now Uh, we've talked a handful of times and every time we talk we connect a little bit more and a little bit more and you know he didn't have to talk to me he really didn't. Um, I was the only media person down there, and it would have been very easy for him to just walk past me and, and sort of, you know, be in his feelings about the competition because, as he said, he felt really good. He looked really good. Like, he's, his misses at 329 were just marginal, fractional misses. There wasn't any major glaring... And not that I'm a savant of high jump, but sometimes when you're watching and you can see... Maybe they jump too far away from the mat, or they hit the the um, height really intensely. You're like, oh, okay, like maybe there was something major there, but it all just looks so finite. And to Brandon's credit, and I don't think a lot of people would do this in his position, he sat out there and he watched the entire competition, and you could see like his hands are in his head. He's clearly upset, um, naturally, of course. But you know, he's really good mates with Tambiri and that that whole cohort, but in particular, um, Giammarco Tambiri and. You know, he sat there and watched his mate win a world title. And I, I think that speaks volumes of someone's character. Um, and the more I get to know Brandon, the less this sort of behavior shocks me. Um, but, you know, he's a class operator. He's only missed one major final in his life. And it's it felt like at the end of that, there was this burning sensation for next year. But it was obviously under a bit of a not a cloud of disappointment, but just expectation of wanting more. Um, it was hard not to cry in that interview, I'll be honest with you, um, just because it felt so raw. And, and like, again, not that there was a camera on or a microphone in his face. It just felt like two people having a conversation about something really personal. And I would recommend watching it because I think it is a really good... Example of the fact that these athletes aren't robots they bleed the same blood as everybody else As me sitting in the stands to you sitting at home like they go through the same struggles they go through the same ups and downs of life and work and jobs and everything like that Um, this is obviously on a different scale and a different environment but um, I think his interview really just paints the picture of the pressure they put on themselves the pressure they might feel from other people and um, the expectation that they have and you know I'm I'm really grateful for Brandon for for being vulnerable the way that he was. So it was um, a sobering way to end the night, but I think a, a also a really reflective way to end the night. Um, and, yeah, I would again, I couldn't recommend high enough um, listening to it. But that is day number four. We only have five days left. We're nearly at halfway. We wake up tomorrow morning and we're at halfway, which is insane. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's it's surreal to be here. It is surreal to be here. How did you get on the track today? Um, I'm not going to go into it too much. Um, I did run I did run two sixteen for an eight hundred, uh, and I genuinely thought I could I could run under two minutes. But I have clearly the pizza intake in Europe <laughs> has got me, and the lack of kilometers in Europe I think maybe played more of a, a reason why I ran two sixteen. Um, not the two sixteen is super slow. I'm not suggesting that, but. Um, you know, I have run a lot faster and I probably expect a bit more from myself. But, you know, it's on the board now. Two sixteen. We know where we're at. Two sixteen is the metric. Tokyo's in two years. I'm coming out for a one fifty six. I'm shaving twenty seconds off that bad boy. I'm coming out. But it was it was actually a really cool experience running the Meteor eight hundred um, this morning. Like it was it was just fun. It was a good way to break it up. I was feeling fighting demons on the way out there. I was like, oh, I cannot be bothered doing this, but um, there's a lot of content of me out there. I don't know where or when it's going to get posted, but holy fuck. I literally, so I walk out on the track and it's 600 degrees and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty tan. I've been in Europe for three months. I'm like, yeah, I'll get the shirt off. No worries. Like rig sloppy, but it, you know, it is what it is. You got to rock it with confidence and I'm running laps of the, t- and I'm literally I'm, I'm just warming up. I'm running laps of the, the track and all these people pulling out the cameras. Oh, because I've got this Australian outline tattoo on my chest Um, and so they're like oh the Aussie oh the Aussie with his shirt off let's get an interview and I'm playing it up I'm like you know prime Steve Irwin out there with my lingo I'm letting everything fly and I'm quickly realising I'm like I don't know where these cameras are from so one of them was Sidious which I'm fine with because I've been dribbling shit to those boys anyway I think one of them was World Athletics and I let some obscene things fly so I really hope it wasn't World Athletics there's a British website that's got me saying all kinds of stuff um, But, you know, I did get in the last heat And I did win that heat And I thought it was just like Whoever was the fastest time got a prize Mate, Whoever wins the heat gets a prize So I've got these beautiful, like, multi-coloured ASIC slides Which I was huge with And they gave us, like You know the tire, the Seiko clocks at the finish line Where it obviously just, like, pops up They gave us one of those Miniature ones for your bed I was like, fuck, that's pretty cool I don't mind that Um, So, yeah, good experience My body shot but, uh, you know, it was good fun. It was a good way to start day number four. So, um Yeah, that's a bit of everything. If anyone's got any questions, feel free to fire them in here before I sign off. Um, As always, this podcast is brought to you by LSKD, some of the best in the business. Again, there's going to be another $500 voucher giveaway coming up, so don't go too far away from the page because it's going to be rocking. Stoked later as well, if you guys are followers of Sidious Mag, um, I'm about to leave here and jump on with the boys um, and do their full day debrief. So that'll be fun to to get on, I guess, with them and... um, You know, that opportunity probably came up just because I was dribbling so much nonsense to Chris and Kyle and um, the whole crew. And, uh, you know, they seemed to enjoy it. So I'll jump on their podcast, which will be very fun. So I'm about to head to their place and record it now. So if you want to listen to that, by all means, it'll be out probably in the next three, four hours. I don't know how those blokes work. But, um, yeah, been a sick day. So massive congrats to our Aussies. Um, You know, heaps coming up in the next few days um, it's going to be awesome and you know I hope you guys are enjoying it and uh, you know I'll keep doing what I'm doing because no one's told me I suck yet so that's great news um, big love big ups I'm out I'm over Well I'm not 'cause I'm not because i got to go do this other podcast but uh, yeah absolute cracker I'll see you guys soon